When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Okay, welcome to the show is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, all of our great stations across the country, and you can be a part of the Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. Two games last night, Monday night football, of course. The Eagles stay undefeated 25-11 with the win over Tampa and Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, which we will get to. He did play. They beat the Rams 19-16, and let's start with Philly, guys. 25-11, Pat Costello, producer, and other <laughs> Philly fans are probably not actually happy with this. They didn't win by enough. Jalen Hurts turned the ball over too much. I think you should be happy. Take it and run with it. You beat another undefeated team. Well, yeah, they're not playing their best football, but there are still staples with this Philadelphia Eagles team that you can hang their hat on. They're going to be able to rush the passer, and they're going to be able to run the football. DeAndre Swift had a huge day at the office yesterday on his way to having a buck 30 on the ground, and then you're talking about this team being able to have over 200 yards rushing. So to me, that's the most important aspect of this Philadelphia Eagles team on the offensive side of the ball being able to control the line of scrimmage, being able to control the run game. The passing game seems like it's going to be a work in progress. You saw a couple of turnovers by Jalen Hurts that are uncharacteristic, but teams are starting to adjust to what Nick Sirianni's football philosophy has been on the offensive side of the ball, and this offensive group is in the process of finding answers with a new play caller uh, and Brian Johnson. So I just think that this is going to be a work in progress, but as their head coach said, We don't have to be the final product right now. As long as we continue to prove and we stack wins in doing it, then I think we're well on our way. This is the first time the Eagles have had back-to-back 3-0 starts to a season in 30 years. 30 years! (laughs) And the last 12, I think 12 out of the last 14 teams that started 3-0 made the postseason. So there is no Super Bowl hangover with the Philadelphia Eagles, which is a welcome sight for Pat Costello and all (laughs) the Philly sports fans. Absolutely. Philly fans might not like the way it looks that time. It hasn't been totally seamless. It hasn't been beautiful the entire time, but good teams find a way to win, and the Philadelphia Eagles have have done just that starting the season undefeated. Jalen Hurts playing through flu symptoms, by the way. I know he didn't have the best game, but can we call it a flu game since he played no, through like flu-like MJ symptoms? Like, no. I'm just saying. Not, no. Not, not, not no. Like, no, 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 no. I know the connotation is that you have a Jordan-like performance, but he did play through flu symptoms, and they did win the game. See, what you just did <laughs> is like, you know, like some you can't speak about someone else's spouse, mother, father, kids. When you even allude to MJ in some saying. sort of comparison that wouldn't be whatever you de- deem the MJ of something else to be, you get people to jump on you like we just did. <laughs> yeah. How dare you, Smalls, ever compare anybody to MJ? But didn't Nick Sirianni compare Jalen Hurts once upon a time to Michael Jordan? Yeah. I mean, and listen. Deshaun it, Watson by Dabo but, but, was compared? Yeah, but, but he, well, J- Jalen Hurts has done a lot more winning than Deshaun Watson, especially <laughs> when it matters the most. But I guess – to Smalls' point, the last drive that the Philadelphia Eagles went on 
was a game clincher. I mean, you're talking about 15 plays, 68 yards, and eating up nine minutes and 22 seconds o'clock. And Jalen Hurts converted, what, four of five first downs with his with his arm on that drive? Like, when your quarterback is able to close out the show in the way that he did by being able to put together that kind of drive and not giving the Bucks an opportunity to get even closer than the score was at that point, which is a two-touchdown lead, I think that's impressive in and of itself. To have that level of awareness, to be good in situations like that, in the half, in the game, those are the things that matter in terms of being able to have success, especially once we get to the postseason, which is why Philly is one of the most trustworthy teams in the entire NFL. Maybe they don't have the upside of the San Francisco 49ers as of yet or the Miami Dolphins as of yet based on what we've seen in the early going. But you trust that Philly has a higher floor than both of those teams based on what we've seen over the last two years since Jalen Hurts has been the starter. Yeah, I mean, I know that Philly fans are probably looking at it and football fans are saying, well, their red zone efficiency, especially early on, wasn't great. And he threw an interception in the end zone. But the touchdown pass that Hurts had where he stood in the pocket and was willing to take the hit was one of the best passes I've seen any quarterback have all year. It was that good, in my opinion, just standing there and waiting and taking a hit and throwing a beautiful pass into the end zone. Now, I understand. To Alameda Zacchaeus, by the way. Shout what? out to UVA. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's I'm go. always repping for the Hoos. Let's go. And I understand it was a little bit wobbly at the end, but that was just so impressive. And you know what? The reality is, and Nick Sirianni's right, we're going to hear from him as second head coach. They don't have to be playing today like they would be playing in January or February. They have to be playing today to get them ready for January and February. Let's take a look. Take a listen. Excuse me to their head coach post game. It's you know it's a it's a growth process, right? I, we're not a final product yet. You know, no one want, no one. Let me rephrase that. Everybody wants us to be a final product now, but it's a growth. You want to grow every day. And so we're not going to be playing our best football until we get going into the season. We still got things to to work on. We still got growth to do. Um, If you're truly in the mindset of getting better every day, right, if you're truly in that mindset of getting better every day, which I know know that we are – on this team you're going to continue to rise and you're not and you're going to keep getting better and so you know are we playing our best offensive football right now no but we shouldn't be we shouldn't be yet and and it's a growth and and so and and all the teams are growing no one's playing the best football that they they should be playing right now I totally agree with them, and I'll tell you, I believe in this team simply because I believe in their quarterback so much. I mean, their defense is awesome, which we'll get to, but I love, this is going to sound odd, but remember, I'm a Belichick fan. Yes. I love how miserable Jalen look, Jalen Hurts looks at all times. <laughs> no matter what is happening, he looks completely miserable, and I love that about him because he is, dare I say, MJ-like. No, he's, no, he's yeah. Belichickian right. is what no, you're getting he at? he kind of is in his level of competitiveness and like, all right, we won 25-11, but, like, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. We got to get better here. We got to get better there. He is the ultimate face of the franchise. Like, the Eagles hit such a home run with this guy. And I get I'm saying this after a bad game. But to me, that's the best time to say it. It's easy to say it if he was, you know, 23 of 26, 350 yards, three touchdowns, and no picks. I saw him last night in a blah kind of game for him, and I still want him as my guy. 
And it was still a victory. And in By the, 14. And in the final drive, he went four or five for passing and ran for the first down. Yeah. So even though it wasn't a perfect game for him, he still finds a way to make an impact and get the job done. But if you're Jalen Hurts, would you feel great after last night? Yes, your team is 3-0. and Yes, you know that you're building towards something like your head coach just said. But this is somebody that knows what greatness feels like at the collegiate level and at the professional level. He knows what his best feels like. He, know what, he knows what his team's best feels like. And until he gets that, he's not going to be satisfied. Actually, Actually, he might get that and still not be satisfied. Yes. That's yeah, the type and, of guy he is. And you love the leadership intangibles that he brings to the table. Now, Jalen Hurts might not be the best Jalen on the team. And I mean Jalen Carter. Like I, so I, can't, I can't say enough good things He's about so this guy. Good. And I know people are going to say I'm jumping out the window and it's hyperbole. No, this dude might just be the best player on that team. And we're only in his third game of his NFL career. Forget about the stats, even though he's got two forced fumbles and a couple of sacks in the early going. Just look at his overall impact on the game. The hustle play when he punches the ball out on Rashawn Wright right before halftime and sets up a scoring opportunity for the Bucs. Like, those are the types of plays that are game-changing. I mean, being able to get after the quarterback, forcing Baker Mayfield into a mistake, being able to command a double team, and then allowing the linebacker to run through and get a safety. Again, this guy is a one-man wrecking crew, and not only is he the best defensive lineman or or the best defensive player, he's on his way to being the best player on that team this year. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles, for all of the questions that we talk about with the offensive side of the ball and the things that they've got to improve on, the one thing that's not in question is their ability to be able to get after the passer and Jalen Carter is right in the middle of it. They lead the league in pressure percentage. I think they're top three in overall pressures. And this dude is a big reason why. And then on top of that, they're also tops in takeaways in the NFL. Eight takeaways through the first three games. If they have that kind of turnover luck and they're still able to rush the passer like we saw last year when they led the league – Good night. This is going to be a tough defense to move the ball against because they're so disruptive. And the scary part about Jalen Carter is that he's just getting started. And as he continues to get better, everybody else along that defensive front and even on the back end is going to get better. Two things I was thinking about with Jalen Carter last night. One, it's amazing to think in the NFL, Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis are on the same defensive line. They were on the same defensive line in college. Think about those two together in college at Georgia. Just unbelievable. The second thing, I don't think this is a bold statement. I will be shocked, shocked if when his career is over, he doesn't have at least one Defensive Player of the Year award in the entire NFL. I think he is that good. He is that destructive. You saw last night why most people were talking about him for the number one overall pick in the draft this past year. And we can put a lot of things in the Chicago Bears, but considering how messy that franchise was a year ago into this year, taking a guy that at that point, and and we're talking about the on-field stuff, but I need to bring this up, had some off-field concerns that doesn't play quarterback, I understand why they passed on him. Oh, of course. But the Philadelphia Eagles had the perfect situation for Jalen Carter to walk into a lot of teammates, a lot of former Georgia Bulldogs, and those guys are really clicked up when it comes to being former teammates or alumni from the program and actually having the leadership from Jalen Hurts and from Jason Kelsey and all Lane Johnson, all of those guys, is going to bring out the best version of Jalen Carter. So I would argue that you're probably getting the best version of Jalen Carter that we were ever going to see in the NFL. And good on Howie Roseman for being able to acknowledge that his locker room was strong enough in order to bring in a personality like this that had the kind of character questions. Not sports character, but off-the-field character questions. Now, back to the -the on-the-field stuff. This dude, Jalen Carter, it's hard to put into words how good he is. It's hard to give context to it because he's an interior defensive lineman. But I'll say this. 
when it comes to pass rush rate for interior defensive linemen, Jalen Carter is fifth in pass rush win rate. He's got a 24.4% interior pass rush win rate. That's right behind Aaron Donald, who's got a 24.5 interior pass rush win rate. That's the kind of company that this guy is going to be keeping. And the scary thing is, he's just getting started. He hadn't figured it out yet. Usually when you talk about a rookie stepping into the NFL at that position, things are moving too fast. They don't know what the hell to look at. This guy is going to be downright dominant. And as he gets more reps, as he plays more games, it's going to slow down, and you're going to see more playmaking ability from Jalen Carter, which is not something that we associate with the defensive tackle position, but you're going to see it even more so. The peanut punch on Rashad White is not something that you see defensive linemen doing. Yeah, you might track back and hit the ball carrier hard, but a lot of defensive linemen don't have the awareness that I'm actually going to punch the ball out and create a turnover for my team and gift the ball to the offense in plus territory right behind, right before halftime. This guy has that, and that's why I'm saying, Evan, he might be the best player on the Philadelphia Eagles right now. He's unbelievable. He is unbelievable. Coming up, there was another game last night. It was a little later. We like the earlier ones better, so keep it at 7.15 <laughs> Eastern if we could. Uh, coming up, was the risk worth the reward for the Bengals? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and all of our great ESPN stations across the country, like 1530 in Cincy, carries the Bengals game, 710 in LA, ESPN LA, Carrying all the Rams games. Last night, of course, they had both of them. And 19-16, Cincinnati won. We knew going into this game there was going to be one storyline and one storyline above all. And it was whether or not Joe Burrow played, which he did with that calf injury. 26-49, 259, and an interception. And now we sit here and we react to a win, which clearly they were desperate to win. 
Like, they thought our season is over if we don't win tonight, meaning last night. And Joe Burrow treated that, CC as if it was basically an AFC championship game. And I have to play no matter what, or a Super Bowl. I have to play no matter what. Did they make the right move, even in a win? No, I don't think they made the right move. I think you shut Joe Burrow down because the calf injury is not something that's going to get better unless you rest it. Joe Burrow didn't get rest, being on his feet during practice, being on his feet in the games, and clearly not being able to have the level of mobility that he's accustomed to is only going to continue to put him at further risk. I I don't understand why the franchise makes that kind of decision with a guy that you just paid $275 million to and 220 of it being guaranteed. It just doesn't make sense. So in this instance, I guess people are going to say winning is the ultimate deal and the results speak for themselves. But I feel like we're just on borrowed time and we're waiting for the other shoe to drop, no pun intended, when it comes to Joe Burrow's right calf. Quick question on that. Who makes that decision? Is that the organization or is that Burrow when you have a guy that is that powerful within an organization? No, I think that's a decision that the organization should make. You protect the player from himself. Players are always going to want to go out there and play. This is what we do. Most guys have been doing it since they were five or six years old. So if they – and they think – Even me at 60% or 70% is better than the alternative. So that's the mentality that Joe Burrow has. And I'm pretty sure a lot of guys in that locker room feel that way about him. Jamar Chase included his former college teammate. But that doesn't mean that it's the right decision for that guy to go out there and play. Now, they, they were smart in their approach. A lot of shotgun, like you mentioned, in the Ravens game. They did it again last night. They didn't have him move outside of the pocket a whole lot. And then, of course, they put Jamar Chase to work on a short passing game. 15 targets for Jamar Chase, 12 catches for a buck 40. I thought that was the biggest difference. That dude being able to have catch and run opportunities to convert for first downs and sustain drives. I think that was the biggest thing. And then, of course, Joe Mixon with the touchdown run when they needed it late in the first half. So, again, I'm – I, I know what I'm saying is a little bit jarring to folks because of the results. The Bengals actually won the game, but you can you can still have a good result even if you got to that game or that win the wrong way. And I thought their approach with Joe Burrow has been all wrong ever since we got rumors of the calf injury at first during training camp. Yeah, it was a gamble. He walked away seemingly fine, and they walked away with the win, but it could have gone left easily in yeah. a hurry. But to your point, CeCe, I was a little surprised. I know that they were facing an 0-3 hole in a, a situation that they might not have been able to bury themselves out of. But Joe Burrow's going to want to play. He even said after the game that he prides himself on his availability. We know his toughness. We saw that in the playoffs, what, two years ago when he was sacked, what, 11 million times on the way to the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, sacked nine times. Yeah, yeah. we know <laughs> how. Yeah. Some of that was his fault, though. I'm glad you brought that up. because okay. he, Like, he he's stands in the pocket. He's willing to take the hit. Sometimes it is on the quarterback and not fully on the offensive lineman. But go ahead. No, but we know how tough he is, is yeah. what I was getting at. So I'm not surprised that he would want to play or that he would go out there and gut out the performance that we saw from him. But they had a huge risk in putting him out on the field last night that he could have really re-aggravated that injury further and been lost for a significant amount of time. We bring up Jamar Chase also, right? He was great last night, 12 catches. Who's the best receiver in the NFL? Is it Chase? Is it Justin Jefferson? Again, college teammates. It's ridiculous. When you look at the college teammates' power rankings, Chase, Jefferson, and Burrow – Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter. Yeah. Like, I mean, just the units that you have in co- – I mean, it's ridiculous. No, it is ridiculous. I mean, but – The Georgia but, running backs? I mean, Chubb, right? I mean, all, all Swift. Of them. Just all of them. I mean, all of unbelievable. them. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. But, but, but getting back to it, yeah, Jamar Chase might be the best receiver in all of football. Now, a lot of people 
felt like he lost ground last year because of the injury and missing some time. But he's as dynamic as any receiver, especially when it comes to catch and run opportunities. This guy is is a home run hitter. He could take a five yard slant, seventy yards to the house, and that's what makes him special. His also his ability to be able to track the ball. Like there was one one player where Joe Burrow has a pass tipped at the line of scrimmage on a quick out, and Jamar Chase is able to track the football and still make a play on it and convert for a first down. Those are the types of plays that go unnoticed in the grand scheme of things, but they make all the difference in terms of being able to put a quarterback like Joe Burrow who's dealing with a significant injury at ease. Most quarterbacks look at their tight ends or their running backs as their safety valve. No. Joe Burrow looks at Jamar Chase, his number one wide receiver, as his safety valve, and he's going to get him the football early and often. Now, credit to Jamar Chase. This is a guy that spoke up when he felt like the game planner, Zach Taylor, wasn't giving him the opportunities to affect the game through the first two weeks of the season. He's like, he needed more targets. They gave him more targets, and they got the result that they were looking for. Again, the thing that scares me with the Bengals is the Joe Burrow injury because I feel like we're on borrowed time with that calf. It's hard for a calf injury to get better if you're on your feet practicing and playing the games. It's only going to get more stressed as the season wear on. We all understand the NFL is a war of attrition, and the season is a really, really long time. You're talking about 14 more regular season games. Do I think that Joe Burrow's calf injury is going to hold up for 14 more regular season games? Don't know. I wouldn't bet it, though. And that's the scary part about how Cincinnati has handled it. And let's hear from Burrow postgame last night saying he's basically still day-to-day. I feel good. We, we didn't have any, any setbacks today, um, but still, still day-to-day. You know, it, I've learned through this process that it, it can, like, you can have one at any time. So um, it was good to, to get through this one. That means it'll be stronger for this week. Um, so hopefully I can have a full week of practice to, to prepare for next week. I mean, he ain't sitting out. I don't, I don't, I don't, no, he might not be sitting out. I don't know how it's going to get stronger. I was just week, thinking though. that. How, now, what's how, the rationale How is it, it going to get I, I don't know how it's going to get stronger. Now, everybody's body is different. Yeah. And I'll always say that the athlete knows his body better than anybody else. But in this instance, I don't know that I can trust what I'm getting from Joe Burrow, even though Zach Taylor said the opposite in the postgame press conference. I, I don't know that he's going to say anything other than whatever he needs to say in order to allow them to let him play. And that's the part where it gets a little dicey for me. Now, the other part of this game that we got to bring up is this Cincinnati Bengals defensive front Mm -hmm. because they got after Matt Stafford's ass last night. 13 (laughs) overall pressures, six sacks on the quarterback. Trey Hendricks had two of them. Hendrickson had two of them. Like, they did the job in terms of disrupting the passing game for the L.A. Rams, and I thought that was huge. Now, it didn't help that Sean McVay called a timeout when his team threw a touchdown pass. It didn't help that Tutu Atwell stepped out of bounds on that reverse uh, right before halftime. That would have put seven points on the board. I think those are some plays that – you know, just kind of broke the wrong way for the L.A. Rams. But credit to the Cincinnati Bengals for putting the pressure on the, the the Rams and keeping the pressure on all night on Matt Stafford because I thought that was huge in terms of keeping the scoring down uh, for the L.A. Rams. Logan Wilson with two interceptions as well for the Bengals last night. It's amazing how many teams around the NFL and their fan bases all think they have the best defense in the league right now. There's like 10 teams that are all like, no, our defense is amazing. And they're all right, by the way, which is unbelievable how many great defenses there are. Yeah, but there are levels to this, though. There's a difference between the defense that we saw play in the first game on Monday Night Doubleheader sure. versus the team we saw the defense on the second night of the doubleheader. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals defenses ain't in the same weight class, just so we're clear. Sorry, I'm distracted by the great dancing by the Bengals. Outstanding the dancing, by the way. Tremendous. The tremendous choreography. Dancing. My, my goodness. Coming up, we will devour Chris Canty's power rankings.
Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Russ got the pass. Straight drop. Fires middle of the end zone. Picked off. And that might do in Dallas. It's up. And it is good. Ball game. I-N-D-Y. Kick is up. End over end. It is. No No good. good. No No good. good. Jubilation here in Green Bay. Cousins to the end zone. Up in the air and intercepted! Picked off by A.J. Epinesa going the other way! Blockers in front to the five! Touchdown, Buffalo! Now that the dust has settled on week three, it's time for Canty's NFL Power Rankings. Yes, it is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, who is going to have her Devour Rankings, top two foods you want to devour after Chris Canty's Power Rankings. I am Evan Cohen. I have now added something to the Power Rankings. What we got? You can't see this, but I am going to be honest. I have written down my predictions for what I think you're going to have as your Power Rankings. Wow. Okay? So you're taking they're in the, my hand, ladies You're taking it next level. You're taking, I am taking it you're next taking level. You're taking it next level, I now. Now ga- I'm not a gambler. But I am my first big bet of the show is betting on his power rankings. CC hit us with the power rankings. All right, we're going to kick this thing off. Oh, I love the football music. Love the football music. All right, kicking it off at number five. Number five. The Dallas Cowboys. Check it in. Wrong. The Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> listen, I, I think they have a high ceiling. I'm concerned about how low the floor is. When you lose to the Arizona Cardinals, you can lose to anybody in the National Football League. And I, the thing that worries me the most is the self-inflicting wounds, the penalties, 16 of them in the game against the Cardinals on Sunday. And then, of course, being so bad in the red zone, situational football counts for so much in the NFL. In 15 red zone trips this season, the Cowboys only have six touchdowns, good for 27th in red zone efficiency. And then Dak Prescott turning the ball over in the red zone. That's a problem. Those are things that have kind of been their undoing in the last couple of postseasons against the San Francisco 49ers. And so that's why I worry about what this Cowboys team is long term. But I still believe in how good this defense can be. They took a little bit of a hit with the Javon Diggs injury, but they'll find a way to overcome it, especially with their pass rush. Number four. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles. Their run game is as impressive as anyone's in the NFL. And they do it with no fair dodging in that offensive line. They've got 557 yards rushing this season. 408 of them come before first contact. That tells me 
that that offensive line is bludgeoning opposing defensive fronts. And that's been the identity for this team since Jalen Hurts took over as a starter a couple of years ago. And then, of course, that defensive front being able to get after opposing quarterbacks. They had the highest pressure percentage of anyone in the NFL. They're top three in total pressures, and they have an absolute game record, a star in the making in Jalen Carter. Really love the addition of DeAndre Swift, too. But again, the Eagles' run game is really what the catalyst is for the entire team. It's the identity of this entire team. Back-to-back games over 200 yards rushing. That says a lot, even though this offense is still trying to find its footing. I'd be surprised, Cece, if we see the Eagles in this spot or lower on your power rankings moving forward. Doesn't it feel like they're just percolating and that they're just getting started? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, listen, Jalen Hurts has had some uncharacteristic mistakes in the early going, but I think that has a lot to do with adjusting to a new play caller. And once they figure that piece of it out, once Brian Johnson and Jalen Hurts get that synergy – I think the, this, this offense is going to take off. But guess what? That defense will hold them down yeah. until they figure all of those things out. Next. Number three. The Kansas City Chiefs is Andy Reid. It's Pat Mahomes. What's understood ain't got to be said. They hung 41 points on the Chicago Bears. 41. Like, they like could have done more than like, that, too. Would Pat Mahomes play one series in the second half? Like, it was, it was a wrap. I mean, the biggest highlight of the game was Taylor Swift being at the game. <laughs> she was? I didn't see her. Yeah, I didn't exactly. notice well, it. I mean, I'm just saying. Are we calling them trailer now? How yeah. is that going to We're going to trademark that. Travis and Taylor. We're trademarking trailer? that right there here on Sports. There we go. Trailer. All right. Next. Number two. The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> the Miami Dolphins have the most dominant unit in the NFL, that being their offense. They hung 70 on the Denver Broncos. They're leading the league in yards per play. They're averaging 8.2 yards per play. The next closest team averaging 6.2 yards per play. They have the thing that you can't teach, which is speed, but they have an offensive coordinator that's figured out a way to put the speed in a place that makes it really difficult for opposing defenses to defend. They make you defend every single blade of grass, and they're going to be a tough out as long as Tua stays healthy. I think my favorite thing about that score is that they held back. They scored 70 points, and they held back. This is the scariest unit in the NFL. You're absolutely right, CeCe. I think that the Dolphins, if they don't make it to the AFC Championship game, it will be a shock and a disappointment. Wow. That's a bold take from Smallman, but I don't think she's wrong. Put it in Sharpie. I don't think she's wrong. Put it in Sharpie. You know, I had something in the back pocket today. You've now brought it to the front pocket. Uh Uh-oh. For the championship game. Philadelphia, San Francisco, Miami, Kansas City. I give you those four, I give you the fields. Give me those four. Those four. Yeah, that's give me it's those a four. weird I, I year I, because CeCe's already said there's a multiple divisions he thinks are done. Now we could even go as far to say as assuming health, the conference title games may be done. All right. So that leaves one team, and I think you already alluded to we it. We already know. It's the San Number Francisco one. 49ers, the most complete team in the NFL. The one concern that I have is the offensive line, but I got to believe Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan will figure that out with the protection schemes and getting the ball out of Brock's hands a little bit quicker. Um, you saw that they had some issues dealing with Wink Martindale's pressure package on Thursday night football, but again, it's early on in the regular season. They're adjusting to life without Mike McGlinchey. This offensive line will figure it out. This offense as a whole is dynamic when you consider the run-after-catch ability of all of their skill position players. Very rarely will you see anybody that's a ball carrier for the 49ers be tackled by one person or be tackled by the first defender. It just doesn't happen. Their yards after contact, their yards after catch is just stupid. And then, of course, Nikki Bosa in that defense, you know what they're bringing to the party. The most physical team in the NFL 
And that's the thing that wins the day, or that's the thing I believe wins the day once the games start to matter most. So the Dolphins have the one thing you can't teach, which is speed, but the 49ers have the skill that's toughest to teach, which is toughness overall. They are the toughest. They are the most physical. They are the bullies on the block in the NFL. My prediction's almost right. I thought okay. th- Now, this is what I thought you would have, right? I thought you were going to go Miami 1 because you've been high on them even before the season. Yeah. I thought you'd go San Francisco 2, Kansas City 3. I was right about that. I thought you'd go Philly 4, right about that. I thought you were going to go Buffalo over Dallas because you were so down on Dallas after that horrible loss. So I uh, got two or three right there. But that from the power rankings you see up there, ESPN2, ESPNU. Yes, CC. I got to just say this. Are you more embarrassed for the Cowboys losing to the Cardinals or the Bills losing to the Jets? Quarterback by Zach Wilson. The Bills because yes. of the fact. So doubt. that's, so that's why the Cowboys are on the power rankings and the Bills are not. Good one. I should have thought about that there before I guessed. <laughs> All right. Those are the top five power rankings. Now the top two devour rankings. Top two food smalls for everyone that you want to devour. Checking in at number two, it's got to be wings, guys. When you sit down to eat wings, you're wearing the stretchy sweatpants. You haven't eaten anything that day. You're ready to get after it. Mm -hmm. Whatever you think you're going to do, you usually go more. Wings coming in at number two. Okay, I'm not mad at that, but here's the thing. The only only argument I would have is normally you order amount of wings, like I'll have 12 wings. You don't necessarily do the second order. So I'm only eating that amount. When I think devour, I think of just like unlimited food, basically. Yeah, but when I sit down to order wings i'm gonna order like 50 and make sure that i have enough so if i have some if i have some left over it is what it is but i want to make sure i have enough so i don't know who sits down and orders 12 wings well that's the normal (laughs) order what kind of of person do you also eat them with a fork and knife are you cutting it with a fork and closet sociopath i I gotta watch you no i'm open about that (laughs) you're open about that okay i'm gonna go order 12 wings because 13 because 13 is too much yeah that's right what that is the normal do you also wear gloves when you eat them so they no. don't do you eat your wings a with idea. a fork because you no. know you know greeny Mike Greenberg, know. he eats the burger he yeah. eats the wings with a fork i'm just i'm checking no. in. Do, do you do that i think you're wrong about this <laughs> no i'm not I'm the not. normal order of wings is 12 when you nobody to... places an order for 12 wings no. that's the normal nobody order. No, what do you think not. the normal order maybe is? if you go to a buffalo wild wings or, or, or a restaurant saying, okay yeah. But I'm just saying, if you're ordering the wings for, you know, your Sunday, football Sunday at oh, the house, yes, I there's agree. no way you're ordering 12 wings. Yeah, that it's I agree not with. happening. I'm talking about at a restaurant order. That's what I'm saying. You're right. I agree with you. But I'm saying at a restaurant order, you usually get 12, right? All right. Number one on the Devour rankings. Uh, so 49ers were number one on CC's Power rankings. The 49ers of the food world, French fries. You have a black a hole in your That's stomach when one. you're eating French fries. Very good one. French fries. Interesting. I, I, I was going to say, like, chips and dip. Like, the if you what? go to chips and salsa yeah That's a good like one. chips and guac yeah oh, you don't I, stop I, I, yeah because you can turn them into nachos <laughs> and if they you keep want to them. yeah exactly <laughs> the, the, the one thing i will say about fries is that you have to have something on top of them you can't just go with the ketchup and fries i just i don't know just what seems, are you talking about I'm talking about like chili or something i don't know what it is if you want to go chili cheese fries? fries maybe put a little bacon in there Ooh. a little sour cream you know just I, I have to jazz my fries up in order to get excited about them. you're fancy now huh? it's interesting because Nailed when done, it comes to the wings I got blue cheese for my wings to yes. dip them in. When it comes to the fries, I got to have ranch dressing to 100%. dip my fries in. Oh, Excellent. yeah. Very, ranch stra- all the way. very strange that I flop like that when no. it comes to the different sauces. That's perfect. Yeah, but you I go I go ranch. with the ranch on the fries. 
no ranch with the wings. I'm, a, I'm from the Midwest. We put ranch on everything. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. Okay. Blue cheese on wings, ranch on fries. Not mad at your devour rankings. Thank you. I think chips over fries for more devouring. Yeah. Because I'm thinking last week I went to a Mexican restaurant. Amazing food. They just keep bringing them. Yeah. The, the chips on the table is the greatest thing ever. Because as soon as you, you take the last one, I'm like, where, where did this other one come from? And it's right there. So you got the devour rankings and the power rankings. If you want to argue any of those, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Be a part of Unsportsmanlike Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. Coming up, what legendary quarterback had what to say about a current quarterback? We'll get to that next. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is my college in one song. This is? My I need a dime. That's top, top of the line. line. I can't sing the rest yep. of the parts, but you this, know what it is. This, to me, is walking into station at the University of Illinois. Shout out to Champaign-Urbana. Mm-hmm. You have your drink in your hand, your friends behind you. The music is right. This mm-hmm. is college to me right here. Yeah. I don't even know this song. What? I have no Mike feel- Jones and the Ying Yang Twins? Bad? Two Ds? Maybe I do. I don't know. I know Mike yeah. Jones. I know Mike McDaniel made a big yeah. Mike Jones reference a couple of years ago. <laughs> Dolphins yeah. head coach. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, ESPN2, ESPNU, Sirius XM80, ESPN app, and all of our stations across the country. So uh, after the game on Sunday, where the Jets lost to the Pats, there was all kinds of conversation about Zach Wilson and yep. whether or not he's going to keep his job, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, yesterday, Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, uh, confirmed that Zach Wilson is going to keep his job. Let's take a listen to what Sala had to say. He's our question quarterback, guys. Like, as long as he continues to show his preparation, the way he's been practicing, and even in these games, guys, like, he's not the reason why we lost uh, yesterday. It's always a team effort. And um, as long as he continues to show improvement, and I know it's not, from a box score standpoint, it's not showing anything. It's not showing he's going to be our quarterback. Yeah, I will continue to say Zach Wilson did everything his coaches asked him to do on Sunday, which is a major problem because all they asked him to do was not turn the ball over. And I, I think that's what Salah is talking about. But wait, there's more. So legendary quarterback Joe Namath goes on our sister station, 98.7 ESPN in New York. Of course, you can hear us on 10.50 a.m. every single morning, 6 a to 10 a Eastern time. And uh, Joe Namath had this to say to the Michael K. Show with Michael K. and Peter Rosenberg and Don LeGreca. Take a listen. 
I don't believe in him. I don't believe he has a future as a good player. And I think they made a wrong choice when they drafted him. I feel that way. He has some athletic ability, but you've got to have something up here that's going on whenever you're studying, reading, playing out there. Sitting down, throwing the book. It's ridiculous. You've got the wrong people playing and picking them. Joe Namath was so ready to tee off on Zach Wilson. Joe Namath was sitting. It's, it felt like he was sitting by the phone excited for him to go on the air yesterday because he just had this just anger towards Zach Wilson. And I get it. If you're a Jet or a Jet fan, the fact that you are going to continuously see this guy over and over again, it, it's one of those things in sports. Every sports fan has that player that they probably look at on their team and don't understand why that guy was on their team for as long as they were in any sport. Problem for Jets fans, CC, is this guy's your quarterback. Yeah, that's a problem. But if you listen to Joe Namath's criticisms of Zach, I'm sure he thought he was taking a flamethrower to the third-year quarterback. But what he actually did was take a flamethrower to the front office and Joe Douglas, the guy that's been here since 2019, that's overseen four drafts. And what do you have to show for it? A 21-48 and record through four seasons and three games. That just ain't good enough. And him saying that they got the wrong guy is what put the Jets in a position where they were depending on a quarterback going into his age 40 season behind a shaky offensive line at best. And so, yeah, you, you could understand how this whole season feels like a little bit of a house of cards. And that's why the head coach nor the general manager get the benefit of the doubt because Aaron Rodgers got knocked out in week one. Now, I don't know how they salvaged this year short of going out and getting another quarterback. It's clear that Zach Wilson ain't all the problems that the Jets got, but he sure as hell ain't the solution either. And that's the thing that the other 52 guys in the locker room know, which is why if you're the head coach and you're the GM, you might have to make a change at quarterback just for the sake of change to give these guys something to believe in, something to hope for. Because clearly when they're going out there with Zach Wilson, they have no hope. The margin of error is so thin that this team is not going to get anywhere close to being able to realize the goals that they had coming in. Yeah, Joe Namath is not wrong in his assessment of what he's seeing, right? Not only with Zach Wilson's play, but in the coaching and the construction of the team. I guess I just wonder, when Robert Sala says that, does he really mean it, or is he getting word from above him from the front office saying, we're not going to make a move, so you need to figure something out with this Well, kid. what choice does he have right now? That's the only guy, unless they're going to play Tim Boyle, which maybe it is the right option to do that, just to have somebody new, because I don't think he has any kind of other option right now. This is the only guy he has. But let's talk about why you don't have another option. You had Mike White in the building last year, and you let him walk out in free agency, and he signed with the division rival. $9 million, though. Yeah, 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 yes, $9 million, but a backup quarterback in the NFL, especially if you're going to roll with an age 40 quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, you're going to need somebody that you believe in. You're going to need somebody that was capable. And Zach didn't show you anything toward the last bit of last season that would make you think that he was able to come in and give you competent quarterback play. Now, nobody's saying that they had to give up on Zach. They still could have kept him out as a developmental prospect, but there was no world in which Zach Wilson should have been the backup quarterback that you're relying on if something would happen to Aaron Rodgers. Again, that comes down to organizational malpractice. That's on the general manager. That's on the head coach. They fooled themselves into thinking that it was going to be all good with Aaron Rodgers behind that shaky offensive line, and they weren't going to have to rely on Zach. Well, guess what? They got the nightmare scenario because Zach Wilson is really their only option right now unless they want to pay a king's ransom to trade for somebody else. And I got to raise my hand and say I liked what they did. I liked the concept. I was wrong. 
I like the concept of getting Rodgers but keeping Wilson to basically train under Rodgers to get ready for a restart of his career years from now. I didn't think it was going to happen this year. Let me correct myself. Mike White, two years, $8 million for the Dolphins. $4 million right. a year? So there's, I mean, it's easy right now to say that Mike White 100% is better than Zach Wilson. That's obvious. But it was easy to say that at no, the end I of last year. I know, but I, I, I thought they made the right move. I thought they made the right move. But, but I, I don't think that keeping Zach Wilson precluded you from keeping Mike White either. <laughs> like, that's the part that seems a little dicey to so me. So one like of them you, is a third string? Yeah, let Zach Wilson be the third string quarterback and let him learn behind Aaron Rodgers. And if something happens to Rodgers, then Mike White is your quarterback that seems like it makes a lot of sense now if you're going to trade for a backup quarterback whether it's Tyler Huntley or Drew Locke or Cooper Rush or Taylor Heineke somebody of that ilk it's going to cost you a lot more than it should because teams know that there's blood in the water your season is literally on the line now it might already be over no it's over but you also have to give the other guys in the locker room some hope like you have to give them a reason to believe that they're capable of being able to go out there and win games and Zach Wilson doesn't do that so again Zach ain't the source of all the problems, but Zach ain't the solution either. And that's the biggest problem, and that's the biggest indictment on the plan that Rob Sala and Joe Douglas put together this offseason. And you're seeing that frustration bubble up to the surface within the team. Clearly, they don't like the the way that this is going. Clearly, they don't believe in Zach Wilson as the answer. But I'm with you, Evan. I thought that it was going to be Rodgers, and it was going to be a Rodgers to Favre type situation for Zach Wilson. Clearly, they put all their eggs in the Aaron Rodgers basket, wanted Zach Wilson to be breaking case of emergency, and now they've broken the glass and they don't like what's inside. But here's what I will say. The Aaron Rodgers injury should not be what allows the head coach and the GM to get the benefit of the doubt. Aaron Rodgers getting hurt in week one is not an excuse to, to flounder this season and keep your job going into 2024. If this Jets team is 7-10, and 10, which is their season last year, or worse, then those two guys should probably be fired. You need to be moving on and find a new head coach and general manager combo. That is not an excuse. There aren't excuses in the National Football League. If it doesn't work out, you're held accountable, and Woody Johnson should hold those guys accountable if they don't do better than what we saw the last couple of weeks. It's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.